Hey, 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 it's B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here, your host of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. Today, we have an exciting guest, Andrew from Goldwell. So if you haven't heard of Andrew, he's going to tell you all about himself, but we're going to get into that later. And so if you like, subscribe, share, we'll start right now. So I want to say welcome, Andrew. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. Brad, thank you so much. And, and again, congratulations for creating this platform for all of us to share and be passionate about what we do. So thank you. Um, uh, myself and my name is Andrew DeCamara. I was born in Mississauga and still am here. Uh, but from the age of about maybe grade 10, I just knew that I needed to be creative and use my hands. So thankfully, hairdressing started in high school and I just really never looked back. Um, I had a very um, unique approach to becoming a licensed hairdresser. My journey was very unique. Uh, I had a very long, very long apprenticeship. And uh, I still am a very big advocate about the benefit of apprenticeships for hairdressers in their growth stage. Um, uh, further, furthermore, in my career a little bit, I ended up having the luxury and chance to be in a couple of educational roles for some brands um, and the, the, and I just really enjoy education. Mm -hmm. So throughout my career, um, I even went further. I said, you know what, let's find out how to teach because I think that um, being a teacher and delivering information in a way that people learn, I said to myself, you know what, you're young, let's go in and invest in it. So mm -hmm. um, I, I took a chance, I was in the middle of my career just starting up, I said, you know what, let's do it. So I left my full-time job and with everyone's OMG, we're saying, Andrew, what are you doing? You could work at this job for the rest of your life. I said, I understand that, but if you don't risk anything, you'll never know how much you can mm -hmm. you know, develop. So I said, I let my job go uh, and I went to uh, Brock University for uh, Teachers College on how to yeah. teach hairstyling in high school. Um, I don't know if my actual intent was ever to be a high school teacher, but I just knew that I wanted the strength in knowledge, how to deliver information to an adolescent. Mm -hmm. It was a great, amazing program. Once I finished the program, I ended up uh, spending some time at uh, Marvell Beauty Schools in Yorkville. And then um, I became artistic director for Marka College. So I really enjoyed all of that. I had an amazing time in schools teaching. Then I ended up being able to start traveling Canada and US and uh, being a regional, a regional sales and education manager. I have to say that one of my favorite experiences was that. Every, every week, a different Canadian city, a different American city, another airport, another uh, plane, um, uh, priceless. The experience was priceless. But um, now I find myself in probably one of my favorite roles that I've had in my career. I am now uh, the district educator for Ontario East for um, uh, Cal Canada, which mm -hmm. we represent uh, brands like Goldwell, KMS, um, uh, Veris, and of course our newest uh, luxury brand, Oribe. Mm -hmm. So I'm here uh, still continuing to be a passionate hairdresser for what we do. And I still think that we have the, one of the most amazing jobs in the world, but something's in the way for us to get back to work right now. So uh, <laughs> I know that a lot of us are fighting to get behind back the chair. Mm -hmm. uh, as I say, hairdressers connect the world in ways that no one else can. Mm -hmm. And it's just sad that we can't get back to do what we do and are not exactly deemed an essential service. Yes, so that's yeah. where my crossroads are Brad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll get right into that a little bit later in the program, but it's wild. You went to Brock, Brock university. So did I, I took some <laughs> for a couple nice. of years. I took some summer courses there. Great campus, but let's go back a little bit and kind of what was your defining moment when you knew that you wanted to be in the hair industry or did you want to be in the hair industry? I've always wanted to be in the hair industry. Um, it was great time in high school. We had the cosmetology class mm -hmm. You know, you had to brave the, the, the demographics and be the only guy in the class and just say, mm -hmm. hey, I do want to do this. And then, you know, 20 years later, we're still doing it. But that's what had happened. I, I was in grade 10. I wrote a letter to a salon because I wanted to volunteer to be an assistant. I knew mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. 
So it's a salon in Streetsville. My first ever uh, boss, his name was Silvano Belmonte. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it started there. I started to do the washing and the folding of the towels and the sweeping and taking the client in, getting their coat and saying, bye-bye, see you later. See you in four weeks, uh, Donna. See you in six weeks, uh, Linda. And it, I knew that I was loving that environment, mm -hmm. the environment of uh, being around people's energies, being creative, making people feel good about themselves. And then it made me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. So I, I never stopped working. My first salons that I ever worked at at the beginning um, was in Streetsville, Mississauga, a little pocket, which I've never seen so many hair salons and beauty mm -hmm. salons in one street. If anyone knows uh, what Streetsville is like. But yeah, <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. I think once I've been there. <laughs> yeah, for our, our famous Bread and Honey Festival yeah. on June 2nd. Yeah. Um, you know, all, all the rave for the kids. But that's when it all started at grade 10. I just knew I was never going to look back. And at the end of the day, it's never easy when you were brought into Canada by two parents who did immigrate here in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And for them, a hairstylist wasn't someone who shoot was going to shoot for the stars someone who was going to be extremely educated mm -hmm. a hairstylist for them coming from a very 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 small island in the atlantic was the person who wasn't exactly going to make it into college or university mm -hmm. or wasn't that academic based or didn't want to um do more yes. because the hairstylist yes. in their small village as funny as it is was the person that couldn't pursue more and mm -hmm. was the person that just cut hair in a garage and was the gossip person in the, in the town. So it was never a positive outlook to have their child get into the industry. So it was a fight that, yes, I want to do this. Yes, I can um, uh, make money in the future. I can survive. I can uh, make a good life for myself. But at the beginning, it definitely was not easy because you had to fight against the grain of where my parents came from and immigrated from. But exactly. Everything happens for a reason and you fight for what you need to fight for. Mm -hmm. And did you find it like me? I was the only male student like you. Did you find that a blessing or a curse when you were at school being the only guy there? It was both. It was mm -hmm. both. It was a curse because um, the, the guys that were too, whoa, why are you doing all that girl stuff? Mm -hmm. At the same time, there are the same ones that would say, hey, I'm like, and I would say, I'm the one around girls all day. You're the one that wants to be around the girls all day. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not in your way. You're in your own way. It was that sort of like, yeah, let me do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And you do what you need to do. Um, it was a blessing because I think the blessing was just, I was able to decide early on that I knew what I wanted to do. And again, yes. some people leave high school, leave university and don't know all the time. Mm -hmm. So I just stuck with it. I knew I felt great about this idea of working with fabric and shaping and coloring it. And, and at the end of the day, my canvas is live. The person can talk to me. I like what you're doing. It feels great. I look great. And I think that's really when the light bulb turned on mm -hmm. is that I, I knew I wanted to do hairdressing, but then you look, your family dynamic says, no, go to college, learn how to do business. And I said, okay, well, this ain't too bad. I can still mm -hmm. use business in hairdressing. Mm -hmm. So I went to, um, uh, after high school, I went to Sheridan College in Oakville at the Trafalgar campus. Mm -hmm. And I spent three years there uh, getting a marketing diploma. So I said, okay, you know what? This ain't too bad because I can still use marketing in the future. And look, I'm now working for a global manufacturer where mm -hmm. I can use my marketing skills to benefit them. Exactly. But it was while I was in school. Um, you had to still, I still work at the salon. I never stopped working mm -hmm. at a salon since I was in grade 10. But if it was in college, it could only be part-time at the mall, uh, the, at square one. Uh, I get, mm -hmm. get a very flexible shift with my schooling. And then still, I was playing varsity volleyball um, for the Sheridan Bruins as well. So it was all this juggling in the air of kind of balance everything. Mm -hmm. And do you think that kind of prepared you for later? Because there's lots of people that do hair 
that also have so many other things going on. How do you balance because you've been or you are a salon salon owner, an educator, a hairstylist, uh, you know, you're you're somebody's friend, somebody's son, somebody's, (laughs) you know what I mean? How do you balance all that kind of stuff? So give me more um, kind of into the journey where with tossing all these balls in the air, so to speak, how do you keep them from not knocking into each other? Well, I think one of the most important things is I always told myself, whatever you want to make time for, you will make time for. And I think that sometimes the mistake is thinking that we actually have time when we don't. So um, when I was in college, I said to myself, listen, Andrew, you know that volleyball, you like it. You're sporty. I used to play very competitive volleyball in Brampton during the summer. I just like sports. Um, But it was difficult to balance going to school full-time, playing on the varsity volleyball team full-time, but then also working at a salon. Mm. I knew that I needed to leave the salon I was at because the salon I was at didn't have that flexibility. I was working more at a boutique salon in Streetsville. So that means that, you know, they're not going to be open till night at night, like a mall. They're not going to be open till 6 p.m. on a Saturday or even open on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I balanced everything because luckily at that time, I had the flexibility of a shopping mall. Mm. So I could still be a student. I can have my volleyball tournaments, but I can still pick up shifts at a salon, which at the end of the day were the shifts that no one wanted. I don't care. I never Mm -hmm. cared about the kind of work that I ever did, where I ever worked, because at the end of the day, um, my parents really didn't have the greatest job that they wanted to because of their language difference. But Mm -hmm. you went and worked, you made it happen anyway, because at the end of the day, if you really want something, you're, you're going you're gonna to do it. You're going to find a way to get it done. You're going to find a way to, to do the things you want to do because when you're passionate about it, no one's going to stop you. Mm-hmm. So it was a difficult journey juggling everything. But finally, when college finished, I was able to work full time. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, um, I started to now develop that all the years of my apprenticeship. I stayed at a, um, I was working at a salon in Mississauga at uh, Aaron Mills Town Center called uh latitudes (laughs) you gotta have attitude to work at latitudes yeah i was there Uh, one day (laughs) one of those one of those situations so i spent about um five years within the mall and again the the organization had multiple salons in the mall so i I was an assistant at that time and if they needed an assistant at that salon i'd go walk over they needed a wash or a toner i'd come back to the other salon do a wash the other salon called me and I would go and I just figured that they knew I was going to really be a hairdresser. I was Mm -hmm. really passionate about what I was doing and I was able to, you know, progress in the salon, work my hours, start bringing in my own clients once a day, do the models, get critiqued from my other hairdressers. Mm -hmm. And then, and then finally I just wrote my exam, got licensed um, and was able to also get my license with a red seal endorsement. Mm -hmm. But During those times, I was working alongside two amazing women, um, and I was on sitting before our Ontario College of Trades was closed, was disassembled or crumbled like a cookie, as we can say. Um, I was working alongside two women, um, uh, Tanya Hill and Debbie Dunsey. Uh, We were finding out that, you know, uh, even in the College of Trades, we were trying, there were people trying to go into salons and make sure you're licensed and making sure that hairdressers were working and put in the work and got licensed mm-hmm. like other hairdressers would be. Yes. And I even think that back then it was an issue. And I've always mm-hmm. felt that going along this industry, it's always been an issue and a twofold. You have a lot of people who are just trying to find a loophole, an easier way, a break. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to really do that or... I don't like learning that, so I won't learn it. Exactly. I'm going to share an experience. Mm -hmm. And it's because millennials want to, um, and again, I am one, but I maybe work differently. But Mm -hmm. you're not going to get on the floor right away. It doesn't happen like that. I never applied a toner until I swept like I worked at a hotel. And I folded towels like I worked at a hotel. There was a process. 
And I didn't touch someone's hair unless I could keep the salon organized. And then finally I could start touching some people's hair. Mm -hmm. But I never expected that I'm done hair school, put me on the floor. It's, it's not even like that. You just finished hair school and you just learned the baseline of your knowledge. That's just like step one. Okay, now we're going to go on again. I've always believed when you leave hair school, you relearn everything. Mm-hmm. A exactly. Different, a different way. I believe exactly. Because it. it takes three to five years to start to get good. Even when I left school and had my license, I still assisted somebody for two years with my license, still learning, still growing under Sassoon system. So once you learn a system like that, it's very precise. So if there was five of us in a row, that model could go to each single person. Each stylist could pick that hair up and know exactly where that last stylist left off, where I think that's another thing we can probably get into, but it's mentorship because we don't have a lot of people that really mentor um, because a lot of times they'll have apprentices come Um, they sign up, but they're like, I'm just going to keep them sweeping the floor, answering the phone. That's it. Do nothing. Because once they get their hours, they're going to leave me and they're going to take off with those clients. So then you're more where you're supposed to be learning and growing. You're not, they're kind of keeping you down. And that's sort of a, a, an experience that a lot of people have in salons. Obviously another thing too, there's a lot of hot buttons here. You know, we may touch, we may not, but that's the same sort of thing. There are a lot of people in salons that don't have licenses or work in Ontario that aren't Ontario licensed. So there's a big, there's a big difference. And like you said, with, with the OCOT or the, you know, um, Ontario trades uh, colleges, colleges of trades, um, that to check everyone, to make sure they are licensed, to make sure there is governing, to make sure there is some type of, of, I don't know, equilibrium across the board. It's such a big, it's such a big topic to get into, but I just want to ask you, what's kind of one of your biggest challenges you've had to overcome? Uh, I'd have to overcome the Mm -hmm. environment that I, I live in to tell me, when I tell them I want to be a hairstylist, the, the first thing was why I said, well, why not? That's the thing. Like, why not be one? Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I think my biggest challenge. And of course, um, the moment that a man wants to be a hairdresser, your masculinity is in check. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a, a reality. But at the end of the day, some of the best hairstylists are men in the world. Uh, not for anything, but sometimes I've always felt very neutral about this. Mm-hmm. A woman can see a woman's beauty in one way. Yes. But when a man does a woman's hair, he can see her beauty in a different way. Mm -hmm. And the different way just might make the woman feel special in a different way. Mm -hmm. It's not better or worse. It's just the same reason why men really enjoy going to a barber shop Mm -hmm. and getting a woman to cut his hair. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's the difference of view from both genders. Um, so I would have to say that was probably my biggest challenge is the fact that I had to go against the grain so much. Mm-hmm. And I was, so, I was born into such a, a religious two community involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I do, uh, ever since I was a kid, I've been doing um, traditional Portuguese folklore dancing. Okay. So I'm in, I'm involved in the community. I volunteer. Um, I'm very volunteer based. I've always been involved that way. So you're sort of becoming a blacker sheep, but not so black. You're just Mm -hmm. becoming black instead of staying white because you were just sort of going to something. Well, you know, you don't need much education to do what Andrew's doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, is he really going to go to ever like, no. And that's why after all of this happened, I'm still a hairdresser that got a college diploma in marketing. Mm -hmm. I still went to university to learn teachers college. I still went to Sheridan College to learn French and continue my French because who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you still are going to go out there and build yourself if you want to go build yourself. And I just said to myself, don't ever stop. No one can ever take education away from you. And when you go out there and get it, it stays with you. So mm-hmm. that was my biggest challenge, Brad. Yeah, and exactly. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things because a lot of people that want to the, they, they believe the exciting life of a, a hairstylist, celebrity hairstylist, 
you don't just, it doesn't matter. You could be an amazing hairstylist, but if you don't have all these other skills, like people, you have to learn marketing, you have to learn business, you have to learn, you know, advertising, you have to learn, as I said, like you said, learn to be bilingual, learn to, you know, you have to relate in so many different ways. You almost have to be a social media guru. You have to be, now it's much more competitive um, because just being a good stylist and doing nothing else isn't enough anymore. Where one time, if you were in a small town and there was your shop or your shop and another shop, you had the market. Now, if you're downtown Toronto or a lot of these big cities, there's one in every corner or every other shop that are all competing. And you need to have so much more now. You have to have a bigger following for companies to want to even approach you. You have to have like all that kind of stuff. And a lot of them, even, even to be, because people are like, I'm going to be an influencer. I'm going to be a brand ambassador. I'm going to just teach for this company. I'm going to, you know, that, that have it here, but really don't have the skill and they don't know what it takes. And like you said, you have to apprentice, you have to sweep the floors, you have to do the work. You can't just start, leave school because you're the best student at the school. And all of a sudden demand these high wages of somebody who's been doing it many years, who put in the work, who put in, even when I started my salon, I worked seven, 14 hour days every single week to build my business. It takes time. It's not like it happens overnight. Maybe if you get lucky and, but very few, does it ever happen? And your story and my story are very similar with some of the people we've worked with, with, with being bilingual, with going to the same college, with having the same challenges as being a male in school, um, like that sort of thing. Uh, I had to go through all that as well, but say like some of the best professions have males in them. And I don't think you can put a gender on things. I think it's just, and you're right. Men see things differently than women do. And that's one thing I did learn from school that usually women like men doing their hair because then then they're going to make them feel attractive like they would be to a male. And same for a guy. A guy likes to go to a woman because she'll make him feel like handsome, like he would uh, appeal to other women, you know, for the most part. Everybody has their, and some people are like me, whoever can do the best job, that's who I go to. <laughs> so whether it's male, whether it's female, because obviously having background in the business, you know, when somebody knows their stuff and somebody's just making up <laughs> a load of, you know, a, a load of stuff. But um, so what would you say the biggest challenges in the hair industry today? The biggest challenges is allowing hairdressers to finally twofold to get a sense of respect that we deserve because at the end of the day, if we look at other parts of the world, let's look at Australia for a second. They're a part of this Queen Elizabeth extension in the world. Mm -hmm. They have a union jack on their flag. We're under the queen. But if you go to Australia, it's going to take you four years to become a hairdresser. It's like a mm -hmm. degree. It's serious. They make a lot more money in Australia mm -hmm. for a hairdresser. When you go into Europe, people's hairdressers are sacred to them. So we're looking at other parts of the world where hairdressers have this, this elevated presence that they make more money and they're more respected. And that, that's great. I love that. But the challenges I think for our, our hairstylists here is, yes, getting that respect. But at the end of the day, respect ourselves as hairstylists. We're not just someone who can sit you down and trim you and say, oh, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. This is not the buddy system. We're not going to, um, oh, my, my friend's going in hairdressing school. He's an apprentice. Oh, great. I can get free haircuts for life. Is that the first thing that we think about? Mm -hmm. No. I believe that at the end of the day, I've always felt that being licensed is important anywhere. It creates a standardized approach to becoming a professional. Mm -hmm. But I believe that, is there an incentive for us to be licensed? Not exactly. Okay, I'm licensed, I got my money. I, I spent it, I got my card, I'm here, mm -hmm. I'm licensed, great. But if no one's ever going to check me, why do I wanna get it? So that's what the industry says. The people out there that aren't licensed, they don't wanna get licensed, because why? Why mm -hmm. should I? Let me just work uh, under someone else's um, name, 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to the, be responsible for me, but I won't be responsible for myself. Brad, I had almost six years to get to write my license. I had oh, a lot wow. of my hours become this, mm-hmm. disappear. Because I didn't take the first important step, get myself registered legally mm-hmm. with the government and an, an apprentice number. Yes. Whether or not you get registered at a salon with that number and you stay there, great. Lucky. I hope that everyone has that experience. But if you need to leave, you need to leave. But you are with your number. The government knows your, you exist. While working at Market College, I've met many, many students. And I know the students still today. And some of them say, hey, I did my hours. I, I, the owner that I was working for, I said, okay, hold on though. It's not the owner's responsibility to get yourself set up. It's your own responsibility to have an agreement. Don't start working mm-hmm. somewhere unless the person that you're working for is going to agree to support you. Mm-hmm. If that ain't happening, find another place. But this is the problem that hairdresser won't want to go search. They found a job. They can mm-hmm. get some money. They don't mind doing the, the, I, well, how do I say the rigmarole tasks, mm-hmm. coffee and uh, Timmy's and jackets and uh, charge the phone and take the shipping boxes when the, when the very, very um, young girl can't even lift the box of 20 pounds, but it's okay. She can do it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. So, I don't know if there's going to be finally a way that if we are licensed, that there can be an incentive back. Maybe if hairdressers united enough that we can have um, sort of, how do I say, um, group health benefits for all of the hairdressers mm-hmm. that work in uh, rent suites and have mm-hmm. their own independent businesses that don't have the same volume that other salons mm-hmm. have. I think at the end of the day, sure. I, I agree with licensing. I agree that everyone should go through some type of process to have an equilibrium mm-hmm. within the industry. But I believe that there should be an incentive coming back to the hairdresser Yes. on why we feel so important. Mm-hmm. Why it, where is this money going to? Is it just going to, to people to speak for us, but we can't really hear our voice? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I think my challenge is. You, mm-hmm. you, we have a lot of hairdressers that want to be licensed, but they don't really need to be licensed because they can live comfortably. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you can't buy your, you know, your trade show tickets yes. with a specific discount. You can't go shop for products at the licensed store. Mm-hmm. So you're going to depend on maybe one-off beauty distributors that can maybe, hey, oh, don't worry about your license. I'll still sell it to mm-hmm. you. Exactly. And then you undervalue the idea of, licensed people purchasing products at a specific store. Mm -hmm. So what are some solutions you would offer to the industry? I think there are solutions that we can offer. The first thing that we, we probably need to feel is that hairdressing is essential service Mm -hmm. done. We need to feel like we're essential because at the end of the day, we work very long hours like doctors. Mm -hmm. We prescribe products like doctors We invest in our tools like doctors. Mm -hmm. We run into a lot of uh, psychological um, events Mm -hmm. that happen to clients. That's why we have uh, domestic abuse training in Mm -hmm. parts of the U.S. now for hairstyles because we can can, um, feel it. We can count it out. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much involved in what we do, but nobody in this world brings people together like a hair salon Mm -hmm. and that's the abstract level of respect that we need to get but -hmm. it's not being given because we're just a shop we put people in a chair we do a trim and it's not like the entire basis of training for hairstylists was Mm -hmm. in sanitation disinfection yes and to have us ready for covid but here Mm -hmm. we are not being given that respect Exactly. And we're trained. Like when we go to school, we study bacteriology, we study like cleaning, sanitation, all that kind of stuff. We already know that before we even go into our trade, into a shop, we know how to do that. We're there to spot any kind of disorders in the skin, in the scalp, 
that sort of thing as well. So we can see when somebody may have cancer or may have something, even though we don't prescribe, but we can recommend they go to a dermatologist or somebody at least. And and I've heard that before where a hairdresser caught somebody's, you know, cancer before it became something, they had it removed, you know, and you, uh, you, okay. No, it happened to me. It happened to you. You saw it. Yeah. I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working in Latitudes at Aaron mm-hmm. Town Center, and I was seeing, uh, her name was Michelle, uh, okay. very funky, short, short, uh, fringe to the front, mm-hmm. uh, level five, six, intense violet with blonde yes. chunks, funky girl coming in, coming in. And I just noticed that there was like a, it, she's a woman, so no Adam's mm-hmm. apple, but yes. I felt that there was a sort of something kind of coming out of the throat. So I, I mm-hmm. let it pass once. But then the second time I said, Michelle, I, mm-hmm. I see you regularly. Please don't take an offense. But maybe you want to get your throat checked out because it looks mm-hmm. like there's something there that's not supposed to be there. Exactly. And yeah. what was it? It was throat cancer. Mm-hmm. And she got it, resolved it, took the radiation, drinks, did the process of the chemo, whatever was through the whole process with her. But I told her to go. She wasn't going to mm-hmm. go. And she was a, a heavy smoker at that time. Mm-hmm. So you're in a, well, I'm just going to do me and do whatever I want to do. But when mm-hmm. she sat down, I said, oh, there's something up with you. How many times does a hairstylist tell a client you're pregnant? And they mm-hmm. say, what? How mm-hmm. did you, what? I yep. said, it's because we're a hairstylist. We know. We're human behavior magnets. Mm-hmm. We attach to those kind of people. Of course. And we can tell a lot more things, but thanks to you that you, you stepped up and you let this lady know, because if you didn't, thanks to a hairstylist, if you didn't tell her, she would probably not be here today. But the same, like we know a lot of things, even you're shampooing somebody that's sick. You can tell when people are stressed, people are tense, people have stuff going on. If they're taking things, everything comes through the scalp. Even if they've had an aspirin, you know, because it affects the hair. There's lots of things that, that we have that, and that's the one thing in the industry. People think that being a hairstylist, hairdresser, hair cutter, hair artist, hair, (laughs) whatever title it is that it really doesn't take a lot of skill. And I can go cheaper down the road to get someone else. Well, sure you can, or I can watch and I can do it on YouTube. I can order my products on Amazon. I can do all that. But the thing is you're paying for skill and everybody wants to know about price. And that's kind of one thing that we don't have in our industry is a a standard pricing across the board. But I also don't think there should be because my skill and my level is different than your skill and your level where you live, where I live are different. Your clientele is different. Your, you know I mean? Being an owner, being a master stylist, being a, a celebrity stylist, being an educator, being a platform artist, being a, that's different than somebody just out of school. That's different than, or somebody who's been doing it 30 years. But if you've been doing hair 30 years, but have never trained, you're doing the same thing every year for 30 years, where other hairstylists, every, they're doing online education, they're doing, um, they're going to shows, they're going to when we could go to the bigger shows and have the the Toronto ABA or um, also in the US, you know, they, they have premiere and they have some different shows that are going on all the time. They have the Chicago show. They have, they used to obviously used to have Montreal shows, which they don't anymore, but there's a lot of education that you can do and say, it doesn't always have to be in hair, but sometimes just in even people skills and, and that sort of thing. But one of those platforms. So for you being a, being a stylist, salon owner, educator, how do you find online education and how do you find um, online education as a platform, because I just I actually just saw you yesterday online uh, teaching about a product we're going to talk in a little bit. But how do you find the, the on, online education is working and how you as an educator artist, how do you find it as a way of communication uh, to your, your students and potential audience? Well, right now, um, we know it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to it's, it's here to stay. It's here to stay because there's a direct reach, especially into areas and territories where there might not be a direct sales force, or there's going to be an area, maybe Northern Ontario, that don't have the access to come to Toronto to an academy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that 
virtual education is still evolving. I think that we've begun with, okay, we have product knowledge classes to have everyone with your foundational knowledge. And then, yes, now you can see more creative pieces with artists coming on and doing like a spotlight and talking about formulas. And this is my pre-done mannequin. And this is the color I used. And this is how I did it. Um, I think there's still a lot more to go. And I, I, you know, with myself and my team, we talk about how we can make that happen. Um, it's just, we have the ability to reach a lot of people in numbers. So mm-hmm. because we can, uh, I think that's the biggest benefit that we have, um, to touch hairdressers that we may not. And especially the mm-hmm. class that you were on yesterday, we had, um, salons that are, um, a part of our brand and salons that aren't even, they just wanted mm-hmm. to know what's this new thing. So I'm all about the virtual world. I think that I've been here in this recording studio mm-hmm. through all of the pandemic and these four walls have gotten to know me very well. And this <laughs> great light and the stand and my, my projection screen. It, it is a yeah. whole new world, but changes are amazing mm-hmm. because we're, we were never pushed to become this virtual in our industry. No. But now that we can, it goes back to what we were talking about before. We are now have to be masters in lighting, camera settings, sound. Mm-hmm. And if you think just being a hairstylist as a hairstylist, this is a whole other world. You are now being a professional um, video producer at home mm-hmm. for work. And I'm getting used to it having, you know, um, Oh, you can only see me, but then over here, there's products. Over here, there's a mannequin. Over here, there's a stand. And it looks like a big wall of technology. Um, I think the future is bright. Mm-hmm. I think the future is bright when it comes to the virtual world. I think that there's still a lot that we're able to do that we haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there will always be the disconnect from hairstylists that are the kinesthetic learner. They're all about the mm-hmm. hands-on. Uh, because there is a a limit that, you know, Brad, I can't kind of touch your hair texture from here and feel Mm -hmm. it, you know, there's that one uh, drawback, but we know that this whole COVID uh, and the vaccine world um, hopefully can change this year because um, it's unfortunately, I find that these lockdowns and stay at home orders do more damage than good to us humans. Mm -hmm. I find that uh, I can go a whole day inside the house and say to myself, I need to go outside. Like I need mm-hmm. to actually get, go for a walk and get some other oxygen rather than just being in the house. So it, it does hurt us a lot because we're at home and doing virtual because a big part of what I do or what I have done a lot of my industry is going into a salon, being in there, feeling the mm-hmm. energy, hearing the conversations, um, getting the responses and being in that environment. I think that's what mm-hmm. we miss the most. Yeah, of course. And it's a great, like, because, you know, most hairstylists are resilient, we're adaptable, and you have to adapt to change, especially with video. This is a great way that now hairstylists that being closed didn't have an income. This allows them now to be able to teach. And I find there's so many people now that want to teach. <laughs> but if you have your audience, it's a great way to get out there, make some revenue, show your skills, even talk to your clients through video. Why not have a video chat with your clients? You miss them. Sending an email or a text is fine, but having a recorded message to saying, hey, I really miss you. Make it personal. There's so much stuff that you can do with video. If you're just home all day, not doing anybody, not doing clients, it's a great platform because as I say, like for me, I never thought I'd be on video. And now with the hairstylist podcast, I knew that people really needed in our industry education, but there's also that missing link. So now with over almost 36, but over 35,000 downloads already, I'm on over well, 30 platforms, 30 audio platforms, another three video platforms. I never thought, but obviously there's people that are in our industry that want to hear other people's story. And that's the whole thing. It's about empowerment, you know, of the voice and how people can change. And even that people are listening today, what Andrew's saying can also say, hey, I relate to him. I can adapt to that. I'm not the only one. And I'm amazed already just listening how very similar Andrew and my stories are are really aligned. (laughs) Same sort of thing, even down to the volleyball. 
I was on the, I was actually a volleyball champion in school. (laughs) Doesn't mean I want to play now. (laughs) In grade nine, I got a medal for volleyball, but I'm not here to talk about more. (laughs) (laughs) So watching your, 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 your online um, sort of presentation yesterday, you have one today, one tomorrow, but can you tell me more? Like, what is this shape change service from Goldwell? Yeah, so extremely top line, um, so that if you're interested, again, you can follow my Goldwell uh, Instagram account, is where I keep everything of my position and my brand. It's Andrew DC Goldwell, all one word. And I'm Andrew DC on Facebook. Um, what's happening is that a new type of service is coming. Uh, and the, the, we're still using perm ingredients, but they're not used in the same way. And this is the big breakthrough where we can offer shape change. It's not going to be the P word. We don't even use the P word anymore because P word means commitment. P mm-hmm. word means we broke down bonds and they're broken and reshaped. We're not doing that. It's a zero commitment uh, type service where bonds are shifted and go back to its natural state after three months. So, uh, let's look at the, these are two. The two perfect clients are clients that have a hair texture that's more fine to medium, that can never hold a curl, mm-hmm. that can never hold a style. You curl it half an hour, they flat. You blow dry, try to get some volume. You go outside, you lose it. It's a perfect styling foundation for clients that want to style their hair but have it hold and not go away. And of course, it's excellent for clients who may really enjoy that sort of beachy wave to kind of maybe let it air go with a bit of product and let it kind of have that movement when you didn't have it. So I think it's great for us coming out of this whole lockdown. And when we go back to salons, it is something extremely new. We've never had available. And uh, I think it's it's actually very fun and it's very easy to do. Uh, the, the rollers look like those snap-on bracelets we had in the 90s. And again, mm-hmm. it's just something new we've never had um, in the industry. Just something very innovative. Mm-hmm. If you can talk for a minute about the, the Goldwell app. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> so on our, on a, we have a Goldwell app, uh, but it is not just an app where you can see pictures. It's actually very interactive. And the, the Goldwell app has a direct link to our YouTube channel. We're already, New Wave was just launched February 1st, and there's already about 12 videos there from our global um, um, level uh, that populate it. And uh, aside from the, the New Wave being a new service, our color of the year, 2021, <laughs> it's Lilac Aura with Pantone. So um, again, very excited about some new things, but mostly very excited about a shape change service mm-hmm. and we're shifting bonds so it's a whole new conversation mm-hmm. and i think people are looking for something new they want something innovative they want something different not everybody wants a perm not everybody you know what i mean it's not going back to those days where you know you just curl it as tight as you can you know gel her up and away you go or you know obviously um 80s make it as big as you can sort of thing some people still live in the 80s exactly some clients are still there some (laughs) clients are there and they love it and that's (laughs) what they want but if you were going to talk to our audience what's a nugget of gold you would leave for them um i would say if i'm speaking to the audience no matter what happens in our world we're hairdressers have the best job in the world i don't care what industry you're from like i really don't Mm -hmm. I don't care where you come from. We have the best job in the world. We touch more hearts than hair. And that's plainly something that should drive the options that the government is putting forward. Hairdressers didn't have any transmissions Mm -hmm. of this virus when we were working. We didn't have it. But then you're still going to have a warehouse like Costco open where you have hundreds of people touching elbows and touching everything. I'm sorry, but did I miss something here? Small businesses want to organize themselves, mm-hmm. book appointments and respect. And they spent all this money investing and now we can't do it. So mm-hmm. if, uh, you know, I'm a talker, so I have to, 
I'll rewind myself because I talked. So, there you go. <laughs> That's okay. okay. We're the, I mean, obviously, we're having a conversation. Yeah. There's no conversation yeah. without anybody talking. <laughs> no, I, I said, hold on. I was on another idea. <laughs> right brain again. But my, my nugget of gold, I guess, to leave everyone is um, we're all facing a lot of challenges. Um, but at the end of the day, hairdressers are resilient. When we go back to work, we'll work 12-hour days to make things work. We'll work extra hours to make things work. We'll do it. We'll have people lined up at the salon trying to get in. So no matter what happens, I think at the end of the day, we'll always be able to work because with it, this is it. It's just our hands. This mm -hmm. is what makes it happen. Exactly. So in closing, is there anything that you would like to address in regards to the industry? So this is your chance to shout it out. No censorship. Anything you, you want to say okay. in regard uh, to the let industry? Get, let, me get rid of let me get my, uh, let me get my, uh, no, let me get my signs. <laughs> <laughs> I really just have a hope that beauty professionals, that hair salons can, can really become um, uh, an essential part of our community, of our country, of our government. Mm -hmm. um, because, sorry, every single politician that's on TV talking right now has seen a hairdresser to look good, to be on mm -hmm. TV. Okay? So it's the elephant in our country that yes. they're getting touched up. They're getting their, their selves. You have now the NHL teams in Toronto that can have dine-in, uh, you mm -hmm. know, in restaurants. Why? Because you're an NHL player. Mm -hmm. I just feel that at the end of the day, this is, I don't need to be censored, Brad, but uh, hairdressers deserve to be in salons right now. We mm -hmm. deserve to be back to work. There's not a good reason why we're mm -hmm. not back to work. There isn't. Yes. There mm -hmm. is not. Fine. Peel, York, and Toronto are being kept back. Why? Because we're so problematic. We don't listen. We have people that go out and we have um, young adolescents that are having parties in warehouses and having people with house gatherings of 22 people. Mm -hmm. Can't you just take a break for a while? If you stay home, maybe you stay alive. You'll still be yes. able to meet. Mm -hmm. Listen, the, 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 the ranting that I have is, we all need to do something that we've never done in our lives on a daily basis for a little bit of time. That's where we are. We've never done this. Exactly. We've never been through a pandemic. Even people that are 100 years old have never been in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it's new for everybody. Exactly. We just have to get used to doing something we never have for a while. Mm -hmm. And if your business is closed, get online and start a business. Mm -hmm. Sell something online. Sell something for yourself. Because everyone can do it and everyone can create an income. You just have to be creative these days. Yeah. And I think that's really it. Like use this pandemic to learn to become independent. Don't be dependent on something else for your income. You be the one. And if it, and say, if you need seven different streams, and that means being an online educator, that means selling products, that means becoming uh, an affiliate for a company, if that means whatever it means, creating your own digital products, creating your own classes, there's so many ways that you can create income that's going to sustain you. So if your doors close or you get laid off from work or something happens, you're not now worried, what am I going to do next? Because- I'm in a lot of these groups, but everybody's like, did you get your check yet? Did you get your check yet? That's all they're talking about. They're not yeah. talking about solutions, about what can I do so I don't have to apply for money. And a lot of people are applying for money that don't really need it. But, and it's, you know, that sort of thing. But why not make yourself that you are sustainable? If you want to be essential, be essential. Show that you are essential. Don't just say, okay, we're closed. That's it. No, you know what I mean? You, you, you really have to have a voice. You really have to have a voice. And in some upcoming, um, you know, one of them is OPA, which is the Ontario a professional um, hairdresser, so hairstylist association, which I'm going to have coming up. But even if you go to their, their, it's not really to plug for them, but even if you go see them on Facebook, um, check out their stuff. They have the stats. Hairstylists were under 2%, under 2%. You know what I mean? So the numbers, the numbers are there and, and we do need a voice and we do need to unite and come together and be one, be one, get yourself educated, get yourself licensed, get yourself 
with a proper protocol so you can open. There's so many people that spent the money for the plexiglass, for the cleaning products, for the cutting their their salons down to 50%, 25%, whatever was asked of us. But yet still there's people not complying, but complaining. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're complaining rather than doing something about it. Yeah. Okay. And that's my, my biggest soft spot is that you had businesses, not only hair salons, let's mm-hmm. not forget about the restaurants. Exactly. Invested. And almost put their life savings in the restaurant mm-hmm. to, to become compliant. Just yes. To again. Mm-hmm. Where's the respect? Yes. Why are we opening back up? Because the government knows that they've made a boo-boo doing a lockdown. Is that mm-hmm. where we are right now? You're trying to play rewind with our lives when some lives have been lost. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. But at the end of the day, um, I have even friends that have gone back to school. Yep. Exactly. They don't know what their future is like. They don't know what it's like, but they want to plan. And while they're at home, they're like, you know what? Let me start doing some online courses. Let me start educating myself. Because like I said before on the on the conversation, no one can take education from you. No. So during this exactly. entire year, people can go out there, get a new certificate, open new doors, and boom, here you go. But you have to feel comfortable to make lemonade out of lemons. Mm-hmm. You can't just get lemons and be sour about it. No make lemonade. That's it. Exactly. Be proactive and do it. And that's what I've been doing. I have more certifications, but at least now I have that extra knowledge. And then, you know, and that's, say, it goes back to pricing. People say, well, what do you charge for this? What do you charge for this? Well, did you get the education behind the prices you're charging? You know what I mean? Or not? Or I do a balayage and you do a balayage. I've never done a balayage before and I watched it on YouTube hypothetically, but, and maybe you're a a balayage educator. So of course our skills are going to be different, but why should I ask what you charge or vice versa when our skill level is totally different? If you don't do the training, you don't get the education, you're not proactive. And that's why I'm saying, if you're at home and you're a hairdresser and you're not doing anything, shame on you. Okay. I said it. Shame on you. You need to get yourself motivated off the couch, out of your sweatpants. I know I see you. Get out of your sweatpants off that couch. Get even, as I say, like Andrew did what he had to do. He he made a studio and he did what he had to do. He got himself online. He works for a company now that uses him as an educator. He did what he needed to do. And the same, like all of us, do something. You can't have a voice sitting by yourself on the couch waiting for a check to come and complaining about how hard it is and look what's done to me. No, I I don't think anything's done to you. Maybe it's done for you. Think about it that way. Maybe this stuff that's been happening is done for you because it's going to get you out of your rut and show you that you need to maybe assert yourself a little bit more. Okay, that's my... (laughs) At home with a mannequin, bring your mannequin out. Practice something. Practice Mm -hmm. a braid on a Tuesday. Practice a bob on a Wednesday. Yeah. Maybe... Who knows? Get some bobby pins out and maybe you, you want to do your, uh, who knows? Maybe you have a pin twist at home you want to use, Brad. Maybe you exactly. Use but, <laughs> but the same sort of thing. Even if you don't have an audience and you're not an educator, that's fine. You do have a clientele. Why not show them what you've been doing or show them little tricks at home? Hey, since you've been home, here's some, you know, here's a braid that you can do with your hair. So at least it's making them at least doing it feel a little bit better. And you're still connecting with them. You're not waiting to hear when you can open. You're actually being proactive by saying, hey, I care about you. Here's a little braid I learned. Even if it's a three strand, doesn't matter. It can be simple. Clients don't need complex, <laughs> that sort of thing. They just like that somebody, you know, kind of said, hey, I want to, you know, show you this. Hey, here's some styles that are going around. Hey, here, I've been playing on my mannequin. Let's kind of, you know, do some things. I still work on mannequins and I've been doing hair for years. My anniversary is, is uh, February 14th is when I got licensed. So it's, <laughs> it's coming up. So it's another, uh, you know, another milestone. But so, Andrew, tell me, do you have any uh, projects coming up or what's the project that you're doing right now? So I know it's on the next couple of days. Um, so this, this uh, conversation should be out today on the audio platforms. So if they can still sign up, I'm not sure. Or kind of what kind of projects do you have uh, coming right, up? Right now, we, we have that. We've launched this new product called New Wave. 
uh, and we're having uh, invitation only um, um, online education. Okay. So if there's anyone who would like to attend, we have another one coming this afternoon mm -hmm. and one tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. So if you can reach me before then, by all means, I can send you the link. You can register and you can be invited to come in. Um, but the project that I'm working on right now, uh, I'm working on virtual education, my own, my own, mm -hmm. because why not? Uh, I have the access, I have the space to do it here. Mm -hmm. So uh, myself, I'm just working on a, a virtual class that I could eventually use within my position. Yeah. Perfect. So if people wanted to find out more about you, what I'll get you to do is kind of give us your social media links again. So if somebody said, Andrew, I really need to get on that class, they could just message you and you could send them a link. Or if they had any questions for you, or they just want to follow you and see, see what you're up to. Absolutely. Yes, you can definitely follow me. It's Andrew DC, like Washington DC, but Andrew DC Goldwell all together one word and uh, you can follow me there and I can uh, definitely let you know how you can uh, get involved with some of our online education. Uh, we have virtual education on the first and third week of the month on Mondays mm. and Wednesdays. So this is all complimentary. So uh, we have, uh, uh, I think eight classes a month and uh, four classes weekly. So by all means, uh, connect with me on Instagram. I'd love to invite you to our, um, the education we have going on virtually. It is complimentary. So uh, the only thing that we want you to spend is your time. So if you can, please reach me and we'd love for you to join us. Yeah, that's awesome. So even if you're only listening, but if um, you're on any of the platforms, there will be a description about this video. I'll be sure to drop those links uh, for Andrew in there as well. So Andrew, I want to say thank you. Wow, the time has just flown. It's been like almost an hour already. <laughs> well, we've only an hour <laughs> exactly because i mean we had to cut it short because andrew is teaching today and he's gotta you know uh run off to do that well run off <laughs> well let's say turn the camera off turn the camera back on yeah. <laughs> but i'm sure like most of us it's you know to pee or not to pee <laughs> should i go before Ooh, or I should i wait till after or wait my life yeah. <laughs> wait for a break but i want to say thank you so much andrew for for coming on and being part of the hairstyles empowerment podcast i know you're going to do amazing and i know we'll probably do some projects in the future which i'll, I'll talk about um just because i kind of always get ideas and and sometimes it's nice maybe to do some spur the moment stuff maybe we'll have some hot topics and maybe be a co-host on something but we'll maybe do something okay. and just kind of you know go, go crazy no no censorship there never is i never cut anything out of these um conversations so i want to say thank you everyone be sure to like share subscribe follow you know all the stuff to do this is b rad celebrity hairstylist your host for the hairstylist empowerment podcast <laughs>